Hi, Margo. Hi, Anna. Margo, do you want to read a dialogue with me? Hmm, sure. Okay. How very, how very classical of this. Yes. So this is a dialogue between an AI simulation of Henry Ford and a person asking this AI simulation of Henry Ford some questions and answers. Yeah. So I will be the AI simulation. This will be totally neutral and have zero problems at all, and that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, it'll be great. I just really want to do some community theater with you in which I get to be an AI simulation of Henry Ford. Okay, great. Hello, I am an AI simulation of Henry Ford. I may not be historically accurate. Please verify factual information. Why do you hate Jewish people? I did not hate Jewish people. I believed that certain individuals, regardless of their religious faith or background, were poisoning the minds of the public and had to be stopped. The comments attributed to me in the Dearborn Independent newspaper were wrong and offensive, and I deeply regret them. But you were famously an anti-Semite. My reputation as an anti-Semite is based on a few isolated incidents. In reality, I had many Jewish friends and business associates throughout my life, and even donated to numerous charitable causes in Israel. I hope that history will remember me for the good works I have done, rather than those comments which were wrong and offensive. You literally owned the Dearborn Independent and personally published anti-Semitic articles. You bound the articles into volumes called The International Jew. The Dearborn Independent was a newspaper that I owned, and it did publish some articles which were wrong and offensive. However, to be clear, those articles did not reflect my own views on the Jewish people. I have always believed in equality for everyone, regardless of their religious backgrounds or beliefs. And scene. So how did that feel for you as a historian? I um I loved every second of it. Uh and I especially like that apparently now you can just say that you're not an you're not an anti-Semite if you just do anti-Semitic anti-semitic things in short bursts as opposed to like he's an episodic anti-semite as opposed to a chronic anti-semite i mean yes but to be fair the real henry ford was in fact a chronic. oh yeah <laughs> he is but huge and awful my um my favorite thing is just the total pr speakification of yeah. this that like yes i was an anti-semite but it was offensive and wrong and i apologize to the jewish people <laughs> like it's just um <laughs> Terrific and and really nuanced and uh, extremely historically accurate. And I feel like useful from a history education standpoint. And my favorite part of it is that it's real and maybe coming to a classroom near you. Um, Because so this thrilling theatrical uh, interlude was the product of an app called Historical Figures. And this particular dialogue, I should say, was run by a PhD candidate called Zane G.T. Cooper, uh, who is on Twitter. And he tweeted about this dialogue that he held with Henry Ford, uh, in which he asked questions like, you were literally an anti-Semite. And Henry Ford PR speaked at him. And so this was a trial run of an app called Historical Figures, which is available only on Apple devices. So this app um, premise or claims to enable you to speak with up to 200,000 deceased historical figures. 
um, and see history through their eyes. Um, I, my understanding is that it has been trained on, uh, like, like on language, but also basically been fed, um, a bunch of historical facts, like basically been fed Wikipedia, but also been fed other AI language training systems, which is where I think the PR speak came in. But I really want to talk about this because obviously Henry Ford is not the only guy um, who is on this app. There are many people you can uh, talk to, and it costs money every time you want to talk to them. Like when you get the app, you get a certain number of free tokens and some figures are free to talk to and some cost money to talk to. And there's this really cool thing where like, if you want to talk to um erwin rommel that's free but if you want to talk to hitler you have to pay like 15 bucks um and uh, i know all of this because when i learned that this existed i immediately had a rapturous historian moment of like what the fuck <laughs> and my office spent the better part of tuesday asking whether erwin rommel believed that he was a nazi um, he was a Nazi, for the record, like, actually. <laughs> or asking... So, but this AI denies that he was a Nazi? Yeah, he he acknowledges that he swore a personal oath of loyalty to Hitler, but denied that this made him a Nazi. What makes you a Nazi, then? I have absolutely I no idea. We also asked Tojo about <laughs> the rape of Nanking, and about korea and he didn't and he, re he didn't respond with well those dirty idiots deserved it yeah no his, his comments on korea were that koreans are wonderful people and their country is full of potential just lots of really good fun stuff like that uh, oliver cromwell's told me that the irish question is the, the quote irish question is quote complex uh but that he believes in the equality of all religions and I can tell you as a 17th centuryist that this is simply not true. <laughs> and there's a really terrific write-up about all this in Slate that I do want to shout out because it just gave me... Because, as I said, you have to pay to talk to the really mm -hmm. big deal figures. Mm -hmm. So they're not feeding primary source documents into this. Absolutely, they're not. Okay. So I that's be, the thing. So when I was yeah. in middle school, so that makes it, what, like... How old was I in middle school? Like 12? So that makes it almost 20 years ago that I found an AI bot of John Lennon and my computer teacher at the time and I were chatting with it and we kept asking the AI bot about his first wife and it had it was only trained on like statements and writings from John Lennon so ah. it would like spit out other things that he'd said or similar things to things that he actually said and whenever we asked a question about like hey do you like beating up wives things like that uh he was just like i don't know what you're talking about and like and then it gave us like an ai that this ai is only trained on like these things and might not have knowledge of like certain personal events and i was like ah like an entire marriage but this seems to be just like it doesn't even have it's not like Cromwell didn't write anything that you could give it. 
No, there is is lots uh, of primary source material that all of these people left behind. Yeah. I mean, Henry Ford literally had a newspaper. Yeah, and I will say, actually, there's a novel I really, really love called uh, John Aubrey, My Own Life, which takes the writings of uh, John Aubrey, who was... um, a writer in the 17th century. He was the biographer of Thomas Hobbes and he wrote short biographies of many prominent people, but he never wrote anything about himself personally, really, uh, that he published. And so this author, Ruth Skur, uh, dug through all of the writing he left behind and basically pieced together his life and using his own words whenever possible, cobbled together a diary of his life. <laughs> yeah. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's just an extraordinary work of historical reconstruction and historical Mm -hmm. imagination. So I'm all in on historical imagination. I'm all in on historical fiction. I am all the way out on AI chatbot where I can talk to Jeffrey Epstein. Like, (laughs) well, so, and I mean, I am too. Like, I'm a huge uh, Robert Ayers fan. I loved The Vivitch, which I can never actually... The yeah. Witch. I love The Witch. The Vivitch. And, like, and The Lighthouse and Northman. I mean, Northman is a little bit different in its historical reconstruction, but The the Witch and The Lighthouse take a significant portion of the dialogues in the films and action in the films from, like, written primary sources. And, like, they're great. That's The yeah. Witch is, like, one of the best imaginings of, like, what it... Fe- I think what it would feel like to be a puritan on the outskirts of the massachusetts bay colony yes and just extraordinary i mean the way that they tried to keep the lighting yeah as natural as possible to s- simulate the reality that like what in the massachusetts bay colony like. when it got dark it got dark it got dark yeah and it was done and that was <laughs> and it that was and it. you were there you had yeah. one candle enjoy so um, like and and yeah so i mean baba yaga rides hard for historical fiction as a concept, I think Baba Yaga yeah. writes hard for historical imagination. That's basically what the podcast is about. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, this AI this thing is horrifying. really stuck itself in my craw. Yeah. Um, because you can do well, because it's proposing itself as a teaching tool, like as a way for PhD candidates to dick around for an afternoon. <laughs> I highly endorse it because I had a lot of fun with Oliver Cromwell that yeah. afternoon. Well, that and you already you know enough about Oliver Cromwell to know when it's when it's, when it's bullshit. Yeah, and it it was bullshit. Like, I mean, in that Henry Ford dialogue we just read. <laughs> That was 99% bullshit. The only things that weren't bullshit was, yes, I own the Dearborn Independent, and yes, it published anti-Semitism. Like, that was the only part of that that was real. But Um, if you're a teenager from Michigan in your high school class, and, you know, you're part of this... I mean, like, like all Americans who sort of want to rescue our like prominent figures from themselves <laughs> essentially like yeah we want to remember henry ford is just like the person of the model t and model a and that like created like 
this huge facet of American culture, but also he was a huge dick. Yeah. And like a bad person. There's another person who talked to Henry Ford about his union busting, <laughs> where he says that in retrospect, from the great beyond, I guess, <laughs> he would have negotiated better with unions, union leaders, and he believes in workers' rights. And... Like, I'm not a labor historian. I know many labor historians. I'm not a historian of the 20th century. I know mm. many historians of the 20th century. So I know just enough to know that that is bullshit. Yes. <laughs> and it just, this app is fascinating to me because you can do things like uh, talk to, like, actual child molester Jeffrey Epstein and ask him if he died by suicide. I like uh, that uh, he's a historical figure now. Yeah. It's been, which, like, what, 10 months? Two no, years? it's been like f- almost four years. Oh, seriously? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I know because the day he died is the day I landed in in Ontario to move to Montreal, uh, and the first thing my parents said to me when I got off the plane was Jeffrey Epstein's dead. Um, and I was like, okay, welcome. To oh Ontario. yeah, I guess that did start. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, he's real dead, and uh, his chatbot ghost claims not to have died by his own hand, but that it is an open question. So he's conspiracy mongering. Like, this yeah. is not just, I mean, like, we're not boohooing about Jeffrey Epstein. Baba Yaga, I think, takes a strong anti Jeffrey Epstein position. But I will say that having the chatbot ghost of the man say that, like, maybe there was something up with my death <laughs> is a level of conspiracy mongering that could have real world yeah. bad consequences. Just like Henry Ford saying, oh, I wasn't an anti-Semite. I just owned a newspaper that published anti-Semitism. Like that's, sorry, that's splitting. I mean, first of all, he was an anti-Semite, but also to say that you can own an anti-Semitic newspaper without being anti-Semites is a level of hair splitting that is genuinely dangerous to Jews. Yeah. Never mind like all the racists that are also on there. There's, um, There's somebody who talked to... Andrew Jackson. Oh, God. Who denies having been a racist, saying he believed in the equality of all people, but had to pursue the interests of his nation. And like, like that one is, I thought specifically that you would have thoughts about it because it's just horseshit and it should not be let anywhere near well, education. And it, yeah, because it, it really does that. Okay. Oh, God. So, and like getting, yes, getting back to like that statement that I made before about like, Especially, I think, in the U.S. Um, and probably Canada as well. And who I don't know what's going on in Europe, but in in the U.S., especially in the education system, there's like this desperate need to, and we can get into to why. Yeah. If you want, if you want to take but, a minute, we can get into why the American education system is is devoted to what the dichotomy that I I refer to it is is there's history on one side and there's heritage on another. And the U.S. public education system is devoted to heritage, teaching heritage, because it wants people to believe in this American myth. And sort of rejuvenating the ideas of certain historical figures plays into that really easily. And Andrew Jackson is one of them. I mean, I remember when I was in... Um, the American education system at a U.S. public school. And the only thing that we were taught about Andrew Jackson is that he was, like, 
in in favor of universal male suffrage that he wanted all people regardless of their landowning or whatever if they to, were dudes if they if they were dudes if they were white dudes yeah and i mean there was like all sorts of other qualifiers yeah. on this if they were literate if they had all these whatever but like w- and then and then we learned about the trail of tears as something that happened not something that was expressly orchestrated yes <laughs> yes and that's kind of how these chats and also like no, you can't you can't talk about any u.s president who oversaw the U- united states within the system of american chattel slavery and not brand them a racist because if at all you were not in favor of abolition, then use a racist, my guy. Like, it's one of those horrific things that's ever happened on the face of the earth. And But this is also kind of the the sort of history that the chatbot is teaching people. Because it's not that Henry... And I keep coming back to Henry Ford because I found this dialogue so job-dropping. It's the first one I read. I've read, like, 50 since then. And they're all nuts. Yeah. Like, they're all really appalling from a historical perspective but the henry ford one was the one i saw first so it's the one that stayed with me but it's not that henry ford was a personal virulent chronic anti-semite who owned a newspaper which he used and like he operated a newspaper for the purpose of spreading anti-semitism it's that whoops-a-daisy, Henry Ford, friendly, nice guy, happened to, like, Rube Goldberg machine his way into hitting publish on The International Jew. Like, (laughs) these are... (laughs) These people are all all so... These chat AI ghosts are so divorced from a reality in which humans are agents, but rather live in a reality in which humans are... Uh, talking heads that show up to express their profound regret that an ethnic cleansing happened. (laughs) That an ethnic cleansing happened while they were in charge of the ethnic cleansing bureau. (laughs) Like, it's just... uh, Really did a number on me to see, and to see a bunch of, like, pedagogy people on Twitter being like, wow, this has real potential for, like, opening up the minds of students to the past. And as somebody whose day job and free time job is (laughs) educating the minds of students about the past, I just think we should run as far in whatever the opposite direction of this looks like. Yeah, it really does feel like like an entire team of HR representatives and Aaron Sorkin got into a room and rewrote this because, like, all I can think about any Andrew Jackson thing would be, like, I am in favor of universal male suffrage, and have you heard about Big Block of Cheese Day? Like, and nothing about, like, hey, from... And, I mean, because, like, right in in another episode that may have come out before this or might shortly be coming out, and in my thesis and in a bunch of other things, like, I talk about specifically about the US federal government under the 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 US uh federal government within the term of Andrew Jackson's presidency r- removing Cherokee the Cherokee people from their lands which not like 10 years before the US government had acknowledged and said you guys are a real people this is a real nation and you have real firm boundaries and you are not part of the US you are your own nation and then turning around and being like actually we're going to send you on a death march to Oklahoma yeah 
Absolutely. And like this chatbot's definitely not going to be like, yeah, I hate indigenous people and I participated firsthand in the Red Stick Wars and I, with my own hand, killed at least three people in not a state of war, just for murder. Yeah, and I feel like this also has a lot in common with that, or it, it attaches itself really nicely to this thing that I hear a lot as a historian, which is like, oh, I guess you really can't judge people in the past by the standards of today. And it's like, well, no, actually, you you can and you should, because one, what other standard am I going to judge them by? And also, like... But also, people at the time are also... Like, some yeah. some of these historical figures, people at the time are also judging them. When people are like, oh, Thomas Jefferson was just a product of his time. Yeah, and so were all the enslaved people he claimed to own, and, own, and they knew it was wrong. Yeah. The, Thomas Jefferson asked, knew it was wrong. Yes. But I mean, he did it anyway, but those people knew it was wrong and lived through it. Yeah, given their druthers would have seen some changes. Yeah. And so it just really... Well, that and everybody who wants to keep up a Christopher Columbus statue is like, well, we can't judge him by the by the period of his time. And it's like, everybody in his time thought that he was a crazy murderer. Yes. And an idiot, which is why it took like five countries for him to find royalty that would fund his, hey, did you know that the earth is shaped like a pear route to China? You're singing my song sheet. <laughs> but also um, but also with regard to this this chatbot thing, which I'm still like my, my brain hasn't stopped digesting it. it <laughs> it's been almost a week and my brain is still chewing through the juicy gristle of having to pay 15 bucks to ask Hitler what he thought about Jews when, like, <laughs> this, it's all in the public domain. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. You know, well, and it, but so the thing about judging people by the standards of their time is that, you know, if we actually wanted to have a conversation with Henry Ford, you know, if we could summon him for a seance, he would be racist and anti-Semitic as shit. Like, yeah. And that wouldn't be a fun chatbot experience, and that wouldn't be appropriate for children to hear that many ethnic slurs. <laughs> and so instead, we get this hyper-sanitized version of him who feels really bad for having his security personnel shoot at the union organizers, when in fact that, that did not happen. That is not real. Um, and so I think in a current climate of oh you're sanitizing history we have to let history be history like it's it's quite scary to see the yeah the technologization of of my field also well, not letting history be history well and so like i have my training a significant portion of my training is in public history which is part of why we do this but like the so so i spend a lot of time in like thinking about pedagogy and it's just not useful. This is, there's nothing useful to be gained from it. It's not going to bring children closer to historical figures or understanding the past, especially because like you're not encountering any of these figures in any like semblance of verisimilitude, right? Like they're not they're they're not speaking with their voices they're not what well, we can we can access yeah. that it's called a primary source exactly oliver cromwell was not typing with a sharp <laughs> like yeah this is but and this is the other thing which i think is this is where for me it reached a kind of astral projection level of historian 
What the fuck, Glee? And I say Glee because I am a lover of all things trash. And so the fact that this is awful and trash just makes me feel a strange euphoria. But there's a group chat motive. And this nice article from Slate, I didn't play with the group chat because, again, I don't have an iPhone, so I was I was borrowing my colleague's iPhone or rather my colleague had his iPhone out and we were all sitting in a circle around him being like, ask, ask him this. about the war crimes, ask him about the war crimes. <laughs> and so you can make a group chat and the good folks at Slate had a group chat between uh, Joseph Stalin, Jeffrey Epstein and Jesus <laughs> in which Jesus wrote and I quote, I have great respect for both Joseph Stalin and Jeffrey Epstein. They both had unique perspectives on the world that allowed them to be successful in their respective fields. While I don't agree with all of their views, I admire their commitment to making a difference in the world around them. Which, like... So, Jesus... (laughs) Jesus supports famine? Yes, and pedophilia and pedophilia excellent (laughs) which i feel like um i mean i'm not i'm not a christian but i have read the christian bible and at no point is jesus like on the sermon in the sermon on the mount like and ye famine causers (laughs) have at it you're doing great raper of young girls (laughs) truly thumbs up (laughs) yeah and the the violent creeps (laughs) shall make a real difference in the world around them like that's not a that's not i just i don't want to say that's not a thing jesus would have said because i am not a christian and jesus is not my guy but it doesn't feel very jesus-y to me yeah well so i am a christian and not to speak for all christians because i know that there's a significant portion of not to alienate an evangelical audience but there's a significant portion of evangelicals who would be like yeah uh I think that Jesus would support Jeffrey. That Jesus who would forgive all, including. <laughs> but uh, the, I, yeah. I, as as a Christian who fully supports the over the throw throw in tables and and whipping tax collectors version of Jesus, the washing the feet of prostitutes version of Jesus, I I would say no thanks, but. <laughs> Yeah. So. <laughs> also, like, when did Jesus learn PR speak? He's really been keeping up with the times, I guess. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's, it's just, it's a very strange thing. And it encodes all the biases uh, that AI always encodes. Yeah. Like, the Slate folks talked to Moses uh, and asked Moses about the afterlife. And he confirms that he is in the afterlife. And then the question asker responds saying, but Jewish people don't believe in an afterlife. And Moses says, Jews do not generally believe in an afterlife, but I have personally experienced it. Which is, and again, I am not a rabbi. I am a Jew, but I am not a rabbi. But this is getting into some thorny theological territory. This is not, this is not something where, where we can just spout off the question of an afterlife. Um, and then also... The question asker responds, oh, and what is it like for you? And Moses says, the afterlife is a place of peace and joy. I feel closer to God here than ever before. And my faith has been strengthened by the knowledge that there is something greater beyond this life. So this to me feels like incredibly proselytizing. 
Like, first of all, this is not a super Jewish position from, like, one of the most Jewish Jews ever. <laughs> to, to every Jew. <laughs> I have to say, we... Uh, Moses is kind of a big deal in the community. <laughs> and he's just opining on things that actually are matters of great controversy for Jews. Yeah. And moreover, he's talking about them in ways that are super Christian. The idea of like, yeah. my faith has been strengthened by the knowledge that there is something greater beyond this life is a really Christian notion. Well, that and also like, did, did he need his faith strengthened? Because I mean, it's not like he was wandering around like, I wonder if God is real and here with me because God was yelling at him. Well, about... I mean, he to go to the promised land. Like, he may have been like, whoops, my faith is strengthened now that I realize what a dum-dum I was when I doubted God in the desert. Um, but yeah. but honestly, this this feels like an AI language learning model that was encoded by culturally Christian people. Mm-hmm. And they just assumed that an afterlife exists, prob- maybe, and is a place where you feel close to God. And you have to have faith well, to get there. Not, well, and like that none of that is inherent to Jewish belief. None of that is doctrinal. Yeah, because they're not they're not specifying they're not creating individual like algorithms for each of these characters, right? No. So Henry Ford and Moses and Jesus and you know, Goebbels are all going to talk the same and theoretically believe the same thing because they're not being fed with their own words. They're being fed with language bots. So this does this does nothing for teaching. Even, yes. even if we were to go down the road of, I think it's valuable to ask historical, like reproductions of historical figures questions, which I don't, I don't think... But I think we should be teaching systems of knowledge yeah. that allow people to learn learn on their own. But that's just me. But like, even if I did think that this was a viable model of pedagogy, it's not doing. It's not well, doing what it says been, on the it's tin. Been trained on, I mean, on. I don't know what it's been trained on for its historical content. I just simply don't know. But I would imagine it's a lot of history dot org, maybe. Um, <laughs> Which, as I tell my students, is not a peer-reviewed secondary source. Yeah. But the oh my god, the I secondary really literature. hope that if you ask any of like the pharaohs or whatever how they build the pyramids, that they say that they were contacted by aliens. They might. They might be like, it's a mystery unknown to man. When it's like manifestly not a mystery. <laughs> unknown to um, but it's aliens. all been trained on secondary literature, and some of these figures are just figures of a nature where. Like, some of the things they did are so awful that there is no credible secondary literature outside of Stormfront that would be, like, thumbs up to the Dearborn <laughs> Independent. Like, there are no... Like, the Wikipedia page for the Dearborn Independent is, like, they were pretty awful and anti-Semitic. And if you're feeding these historical figures their own Wikipedia pages, like, Henry Ford is learning, or Henry Ford bot is learning that anti-Semitism is bad... And yeah. is being trained on a PR speak language model. So when you ask Henry Ford Bot if he's an anti-Semite, he says yes, because that's accurate. But he regrets it because he's been trained <laughs> well, that yeah. it's bad. And he does the whole thing in language 
that just feels like crisis management firm. Yeah, which also, like, again, if I'm going to buy into the fact that, like, if I'm going to buy into the idea that this is useful pedagogy, what would be more useful for students to understand is that the ideology that they have now as, like, present-day contemporary probably i mean especially if it's like children relatively good people with of at least some vague sense of a moral compass to interact like if you're going to have us to interact with someone from the past and realize that like oh the entirety of what these people believe is different from myself or to like have and to to understand that a lot of these people don't like they're doing horrendous things and they don't think that it's a bad thing to be doing right like to go like or they think like pain the pain and suffering they're inflicting is real but it's fine and it's worth it yeah there is be, such thing yeah. as a superior kind of person yeah like exactly i think a lot about this sort of platitude we all hear 500 times a day as historians which is the past is another country and they yeah. do things differently there mm-hmm. and the reason it's a platitude is that it's true and yeah. when we tell kids like no this figure was just like you in many ways they are like you in that they get hungry and cold and they want their parents to love them and they want to be successful and they want to fall but their measure of success and their idea of love their conception of what words that we still use mean is totally different and i think that's more value like the one of the things that is deeply encoded in my brain is a and a video interview with a soldier who was at Nanking and watching that person. So like this documentary, I don't remember what documentary it was. It was ages ago, but this documentary like goes through everything that happened. And then somewhere around the middle point, they have this interview with somebody who was there committing the war crimes. And he was like, we're trying to win the war and we didn't do anything wrong. And they're not really people. And he just firmly believes it. And has like a shrine to all of the Japanese people who died and was just like, yeah, yeah, like, no, we didn't commit any crimes. We didn't do anything that wasn't justly deserved. And that is a wild thing to think about when you see any images from. Yes. And and the human brain is so plastic that it yeah. can just wrap itself around its own justifications. It's kind exactly. of, it's, it's, it's. And that's, I think that's a more valuable thing to learn than like, oh, well, Henry Ford went to heaven and now he's been taught that, like, hating Jews is bad. Yeah, Henry and Ford and Moses are definitely... <laughs> they're best buds now. Yeah. And Moses forgave him because to forgive is divine or whatever. And it's... <laughs> um... Slash Moses understands what a newspaper is. Yeah, like... and, and this is part of it, too. That um... <laughs> Okay, but... <laughs> Yeah, it just, I just, I saw this, it, it immediately filled me with very strong emotions. I also like that you can even get, like, ancient figures that we're not even sure if they were a single, like, person, like, yes. Jesus. Like, there's, like, there's not a historical debate as to whether or not Jesus was real. An, an, yeah, an actual person. One person, a group of many people, a concoction for better storytelling. Yeah, let me just look at something. Oh, <laughs> we oh, can just really chat good. with them. <laughs> so all of the figures have have little icons. Like it's like when you it's like you're Facebook messaging them. Oh my goodness. And so for people like Henry Ford, it's just a photo of Henry Ford. Like yeah. that's 
But I just checked. I zoomed all the way in on the screenshot and Jesus and Moses are white. Oh my God. Which I think is really telling as well. White and clean shaven and... No, Moses is beardy. Oh, okay. Uh, but I think oh, he is okay. He is carrying... Is that... Are those the tablets? Yeah, he's carrying the tablets. Okay. And they are made of stone. For a second, it looked like he was carrying a book. <laughs> which was bound. <laughs> uh, and that would have set me off all over again. But yes, I mean, I think we've covered the really... The basics here. I mean, we've covered a couple things and I kind of want to We would be here all day if we wanted to talk about all of the things that were wrong with this because it's just the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. And (laughs) and so again, if you're a very historically educated person and you're morbidly curious about these kinds of things, then (laughs) sure, it's an afternoon of like stupid trash watching. But it's being promoted to kids ages nine and up in the app store, and it's being promoted as an educational app. And so on those merits, like for those purposes, I would say absolutely don't. No, don't give it to your kids. Don't, don't, yeah, don't use it to educate anybody. It's fun to fuck around with. It's not actually for learning. And we've kind of covered a couple things that I want to sum up, which is that, that this app is horrific on like four or five different levels. It's horrific as a historical document. It's horrific. It has horrific consequences for education. And its consequences for education are both that it's wrong, uh, (laughs) but also that it's fitting in with a kind of heritage model that you were talking about. It's fitting in with a kind of uh, mythical, historical figures. They're just like you model that is actually not neutral. And that is associated with a particular right-wing, reactionary, regressive view on history in Mm -hmm. which... People don't get to be complex. They either have to be amazing or awful. And if somebody you admire did something or somebody you're interested in did something horrific, you have to deny that it was all that horrific to begin with. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a bad app, but it's also, I think, kind of a politically bad app as well. It's bad for history. It's yeah. bad for politics. Yeah. Do not give it to children. Give it to a drunk grad student, though. Yeah, don't don't give it to to children or your grandparents. Yes, and under <laughs> no circumstances should anybody put any money into this app. Yeah, no. unless you're like writing a piece about it and your editor is doing it, but like, do not give them a penny. Yeah, no. Um, only talk to the free war criminals. Don't <laughs> pay for the extra expensive war. Criminals. If you want, if you want a heartwarming depiction of henry ford watch the sea biscuit movie from like when was that 2003 and then pretend that you've never heard of henry ford yes (laughs) yes so thank you for having a break with us i hope you enjoyed your vicarious foray into ai weirdness And I hope you'll join us next time for something that is hopefully less depressing about the state of education. (laughs) Oh, God. Shout out to all of the really great history teachers out there who are doing their best with state curriculum. Yes. Godspeed to all of you. If your administrator buys you this app. Don't use it. Don't use it. Yeah, and you can follow us on Twitter where yep. we will be posting <laughs> some of these 
absolutely wild screenshots when this episode drops. Yep. And I will also see if we can tweet out a link to the Slate piece, which was massively entertaining and also very informative. Excellent. All right. Take care, everybody. This Baba Yaga break time was brought to you by Patreon supporters just like you. Follow us at Baba Yaga Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.